1: to the ramon foster show brought to you by the get-go cafe and market where they're open for business 24 7 serving hot fresh food mon i wish i had a get-go up here in milwaukee
0: (laughs) i'm sure they wish they had a get-go up in milwaukee also one of the cities i've never actually been to also never thought to go to well see that's what
1: happens when you're in a league where your profession only takes you to certain spots um you know what I'm talking about cuz uh-huh. you, you you're traveling a lot as it is. The last thing you want to do is travel more. Yep. yep. Uh but I can tell you that uh, up here in Milwaukee they consider themselves every bit as much cheeseheads as the Green Bay Packers do and here last night AJ Dillon from from the pack was out there throwing the first pitch. And they start that go pack, go, oh, go wow. pack, go. So that's an hour and a half up the road from here.
0: That's what I'm saying the guys yeah. that played in Green Bay. I was like, man, what do y'all do there? It's a, it's a town like that's still a town. And he was like, well, we got to go to Milwaukee. I'm like, yeah.
1: <laughs> There's a town. It's a town in the sense that North for Sales is a town. I
0: know. you got to go where? <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's part of You're right, though, DK. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that.
1: They can congregate at the McDonald's <laughs> in Green Bay. There is a McDonald's. It's like caddy corner from, from Lambeau Field. Um, Moan, let's talk about a second quarterbacks coach being hired by the Pittsburgh football team today. What? And
0: why? There's a lot that can go behind this, man, as far as the thinking of why. I think the primary thought, we got to have somebody that can coach up a quarterback that we can potentially draft.
1: Well, now, let's give his name here. His name is David Corley. Uh, He's a a, a college coach. He was coaching running backs mostly at William Mm & Mary, and he also was a very good quarterback himself. At William and Mary. Mm -hmm. And Moan, how many more times am I going to have to
0: say William and Mary before you jump in and say who went to school there? Uh, Somebody by the name of Mike Tomlin went to Uh, William and Mary. Okay. Uh, He has an affinity. You know this too. A love affair for small school people in general. He's bragged. uh, I think one of his biggest, uh, not arguments, but just banners he's had was with Arthur Motes. You know, he's another one of those guys. They played JMU. They played in that area. They always find guys. I tell people all the way, it's the underdog mentality that Coach T loves, which is why the DNA of that team has always been fight, fight, fight. So they'll go get a guy like like Corley, man, David Corley, for him to be in the fold for this team in this new era, this post-Ben Roethlisberger. You got two quarterback coaches here, DK. Yeah. Why Why would you have two quarterback why coaches? Why would
1: you? I mean, it doesn't take much to – you know, draw the connection here that if Mike Sullivan is responsible as he will be yes. for, for Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph, and that is a workload unto itself, considering that Mitch hasn't been a starter for a couple of years. Uh, Mason hasn't been a starter yeah. for a couple of years and there's a lot of work ahead. And I can just imagine Steelers drafting Malik Willis yeah. and then they say, uh, you know, oh, hey, uh, Coach Sullivan, in your spare time, you want to see if you can teach Malik Willis how to be an NFL quarterback? That's exactly what's going to
0: happen. And and this is the thing about having a position coach. The position coach itself, Mike Sullivan, is a guy that's going to be doing the, the X's and O's of how we're going to run this offense. Munch did that. Who's our guy? Sweet Feet, Sean Surrett. He was our relationship coach. Adrian Clem was more of the relationship coach. Hey, I know Surrett, I know Coach Surrett, Coach uh, Sweetfeet said this. I know Munch said this, but this is how we get to those these things. This is how we do it. Hey, look, on this read, I need you to go here, here, and here. So the, so the, 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 the conversation behind why did you go hire David Corley, it really correlates itself to the fact that they are at least in the preparation of going to get a quarterback in this draft. And, and whether it's the first round, which we kind of expect a little bit, we've kind of thought about that. And I know the pushback, we've seen y'all say these things. We don't need a quarterback. We don't need not this year. I'm sorry to say, but I just don't see Pittsburgh ever being that bad in order for them to go get a top 10 guy. <laughs> unless you're going to pull another Devin Bush and you'll grab him in the first round. And the odds of that being a a, a, a situation where you win is, is still a toss up in general, in general. Go, like getting a top 10 pick, we've seen these things not work out before. I remember a guy, what's his name? It was it Justin Gilbert was a top 10 pick from Cleveland? Mm-hmm. They cut him after like three years, whenever it was cut or traded.
1: Oh, he, came, he came to Pittsburgh briefly. He yeah. came
0: to Pittsburgh. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So to have those situations where you say, we're going to give up the house to go get a, a, a top 10 pick. I think that's always going to be in question when going to go get it. So if you're afforded to get a Malik that late, and I think that's the guy we're going to go get one. That's who you really like to go get in this draft. It's a matter of what is Carolina and the other teams going to do beforehand.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we always talk about how the Steelers are completely comfortable telegraphing <laughs> their first round pick. Yep. Um, they they did it last year. They've mm-hmm. done it in a lot of different years. And I'll they just
0: name a few off top. They did it with Devin. They we did it with We knew that was going to happen. Oh, Remember my goodness. Marquise. Yep. You knew that was going to happen. Yep. The Castro, you knew that was going to happen. Who else am I? You knew there was going to get Kendrick Green last year. He won the first rounder, but you knew they were going to go get a guy. Okay. It's been telegraphed. So I think you knew they were going to go get Ben all the way back to then. You know, these types of like these types of moves Jarvis, when he came in, you knew they were going to go get an outside rusher. These, it was written on the walls. The conversation behind TJ was another one.
1: Yeah, there's, there's there's just a mindset that they have where they're just not worried about what other people know or think about what they're doing. And I'm sure that's based on uh, Kevin Colbert himself mm-hmm. uh, having just a specific and sharp understanding of how it is that other teams operate and how they don't really worry about. What you're doing, they have their own guy that they want to get, and all that matters to them is getting their guy. So yeah. if all you focus on is getting your guy, then everybody's happy, you know. Yeah. And like you said, you you might have to do some leapfrogging because uh, Carolina, in particular, looks yeah. like they are all over every quarterback. Malik Willis, if he comes to the Steelers, is going to be work. Yeah, not just work for Malik Willis, yep. but work for someone on the staff. And this is the part that I that I can't get past. For anybody who doesn't follow the NFL, it is not common to have two quarterbacks coaches. Okay, no. No. <laughs> that that is not a thing. Um, it it is something, and maybe we're going too far here, Moon. But I don't think so. It well, just why not? DK? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. But you bring in a guy who's a, a college coach from that part of the world, Mm -hmm. okay, and he can work with Malik both on and off the field. Make sure he's got his head in the right place. Make sure he's not losing patience. He was just used to being the guy and Mm -hmm. being out on the field all the time, and now you have someone to walk around with him.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, 100%, DK. And I'm I'm all for extending this conversation because it's a big one. It doesn't just happen at the quarterback position, although it's very odd to see two positional quarterback coaches they're that speaks gonna volumes take to me QB,
1: QB, moan they're gonna take a qb yep i don't know what this is it feels like today is the first day that that's really hit me they're gonna take a qb Yeah. They're gonna find a way wow okay why not uh, well let's do that let's do that in a second segment when we come back in the ramon foster show why not take a quarterback
0: Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.
1: Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. And, Moan, why would they even announce this now? A handful of days before the draft. See, this is what I'm talking about. This isn't an accident. This isn't Burt Lauten from Media Relations pounding on Tomlin's office saying, Coach, I've got to announce this. I've got to put it out to the world. No. That's not what happened.
0: No, it's not what happened. It, it, it sh- They show their hands, I, I think. You know, it, it's it's not a matter of, there are no secrets. Kosti has always kind of said that a little bit. like, And even in, in the game, DK, just being completely real. They knew what we were running. You know, the, the only thing about the Patriots and their uh, Spygate situation was they got caught. Guys know what you're going to do. And I think it's the business side of it, too. You know, Pittsburgh's been flirting like hell with Malik Willis. Like, let's be real. I think they were one of the few groups that were upset about, who was it? Um, Was Malik and maybe somebody else that had the pro day on the same day and they actually switched it? So that the Steelers could be there and other teams could watch both prospects, like Matt Corral, might have been another guy. I think,
1: yeah, Matt Corral. Yeah, you,
0: you know, so that it's it's no secret. Why, 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 why not tell the world that you're you're into this? Well, it actually could force teams to get into position, get into position, what they're actually going to do in the draft. Like if you were thinking about them, like no, nah, Pittsburgh's going to do it, and maybe we should move in a different direction. Or it could honestly scare some organizations away because why? Teams overthink stuff. Coaches overthink stuff. GMs over overthink stuff. Well, why would Pittsburgh want them? You know what? Why wouldn't we want them? It it, it ups the ante on, on whether the preparation for the draft. Now it probably forces a team to make a move as far as trades in and out, DK. Like there's so many things behind it. And to your point where Kev and his crew, they don't overthink it. Yes, yeah, so what? We're going to do it.
1: Yeah, that's. I, I think it's really, it's just result oriented and it's really a, of a singular focus yeah. where if you telegraph not to us they don't care what we think no but if you us. telegraph yeah if you telegraph out to the world to the football world what you're doing it could not be more obvious that they're after a quarterback yeah. and it from within that it could not be more obvious that the quarterback they've liked the most has been Malik Willis so if they want that out there there's a reason that they want that out mm-hmm. there and that is to make sure that there is like you're saying they're starting to set the stage Yep. all right Everyone knows the Steelers want this kid. So let's start contemplating trades back, trades yep. up. Let's talk. Okay, that you can't have those conversations right there on that Thursday night at
0: 10 no. p.m. You can't do it. it it pretty much kind of forces teams ahead of time because what have we heard about this draft? It isn't an overly sexy draft. You're going to get the big uglies. You're going to get a couple receivers. You're going to get some foundation guys. So the, the, the actual need to move forward or backwards isn't a rush as it was in years past. So if you got Pittsburgh making a move like this, again, they read and see every damn thing when it comes down to the draft and trying to sustain teams. Other teams do. So, hey, look, this is our first move. Take this. Now, what are you willing to do? And again, the the the, the hiring of, of David Corley says also to the guy that they could they could potentially draft. Take this serious. We're investing in our organization to make sure that, look, you're probably not going to start. But you better take the preparation to get right a whole lot more serious and faster than you thought you had to.
1: And it's the Steelers way of sending a message, I'm sure, to the young man himself and saying, when you get here, we're going to take care of you you yep. know we're, we're gonna we're gonna do things right um is he worth it Mo? I mean, Malik, you've had time now
0: is Malik worth it I yeah. I would I would think so everything points to what he has it's the p word potential and I think that's what you're getting with all these young quarterbacks too and I think it works when you have stability when you have the right teaching and when you have and when you know when to throw them in a the fire So I honestly feel like when Mason went out there at the time that he did in that Baltimore game, I think it kind of threw him for a loop because, one, taking a hit like that was was atrocious. And then his next couple of times he goes out there, he wasn't ready. So if you have the time and preparation to do these types of things where you're not just thrust into the spotlight, I think that's what happened with Mitch. Bad management, way too quick of a, of a trigger to get him into the action, and then you fold him. I think if, if Jacksonville isn't isn't cautious, they're going to do the same thing to Trevor Lawrence.
1: The one thing I think about when I watch Malik Wilson. Willis. uh, Malik. One thing I think about when I. I got to
0: correct you. Do it the Ramon
1: show before I have had caffeine. (laughs) We all do it. When when I watch him is that I think to myself, and I do this in a lot of different sports. He does things that other people cannot do. And coaches Love that Mm -hmm. because they can't coach someone to be faster and more agile. They can't coach someone to be able to fling a football effortlessly 65, 70 yards in the air. Okay. And he does those things. What coaches do think to themselves is I, me, Mm -hmm. Mr. Smart coach can teach them anything. Yeah. Okay. That, that is it. Just sure feels like Moan between all the little mm-hmm. messages from the Steelers about mobility and athleticism and everything else yep. at the quarterback position. Like there's just been this organizational thought that says, this is where we're going.
0: And you know what? I've seen this also in another coaching hire. I kind of broke this up before we came back on. When Munch got fired in Tennessee from the head coaching job, we were at a standpoint in which we had a bunch of young guys in our offensive line room. And it was their duty. We have to find the right guy. And when Munch got let go, I'll never forget either. Fernando Velasco that played with us the year before. Yeah. He was like, Y'all need Munch here. He even said that. And what did Coach Tem go do? They went and got got him. They went and got and you knew they were going to go get him too, because the talent that we had in that room, it was one guy that could really, you know, push us over the edge, and he did. And like you said, they aren't shy about doing those types of things either, DK, and it works out for the most part every time.
1: When we come back, a home. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, starring Ramon, who just breathed out. I'm going to get judged on this one because I just shared with him the, the Hey, Moan question for the day. It comes from Aaron Calderon, and Aaron says, Hey, Moan, who was your closest Steelers teammate and what memories do you have in the offseason with them, if any? Mon, answer carefully. I know. Answer carefully. I know. These are still very large and dangerous, men.
0: They are. Um (laughs) man, I'm 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 grinning like a a a school kid at this point that's got snack day right now, or it's movie day in the classroom. Peanut Uh, butter cookies. It's it's all of those. Well, (laughs) so many peanut butter allergies now. I don't know if we can have them in our classroom, DK. Yeah. Yeah. No. But but seriously, the 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 hands down the easiest answer to this is Marquise Pouncey. Just in general, man. Um one of the, you know, one of the more recent moments was in the offseason. We both were in Pittsburgh and man, we got invited to go to dinner with Franco Harris. Hmm. Okay. That moment in itself, sitting at the table where I was honored to sit with them, too. And they both telling me, no, you belong at this table, too. You know, it's just one of the brotherhood types of things where you link in with one another. Us being on a phone call with me and Joe, that was awesome. But personally, to a guy like it, I'll never forget, um, we were having a conversation at all season, me and Marquise. And I was just like, man, dude, you like my brother. He looked at me in that look. You know, the look Marquise gives you that look dead in the eyes, into your soul. He's like, mom. What the bleep are you talking about? You are my brother, and I was just like, man, because it's always the macho part of it. Like, man, you my dog, like you my friend, you my homie. But like, he'd be like, no, you you are my brother. I was like, oh, I was like, but you got Mike as a twin. Yeah, he's I was like, gonna Mom. say Mike's still yeah. in the house, right? <laughs> Mike's still in the house, but he's like, it's it's the group where wherever he went, I went, and it was a bunch of things we did. It was just like, God, we got to get away from each other. We go to dinner and stuff like that, and. He showed up wearing almost the exact same thing or color scheme that I was wearing. I'm like, dog, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was it was more or less just going to his house, or um, we'd find a night to go to dinner and stuff like that in the off season that you just like cool. Or I went down to uh <laughs> one of the coolest moments was went down to his camp in uh Lakeland, Florida. He holds yeah, yeah. a huge pouncy weekend, okay? Um, and I'm down there with him and my wife's with us and stuff like that. And we go down for the weekend. And here I am just like, man, I'm here. I'm a player on the team of Marquis doing my part. And just the way Pounce like laid it out for me to whereas um he made sure I'm riding with him. He actually kicked somebody out of the car. Mom, hey, come on. Over here with me. <laughs> Who does like, he try? Wait, wait. Who's the yeah. poor sob? He kicked out of the car. D- d- didn't matter. It was one of his family
1: members. So, okay, so he just left this individual to to like, you know, be out on a Florida street and get eaten you go, by an alligator. Or like something. you go ride with them. Mom,
0: come over here with me. Like I was just like, hey, dog. Do you see these people on the record? It's like it don't matter, dude. You my brother. Like it was, it was those types of things. Like our relationship is was was beyond close. Uh, and still is to this day, you know, like we will have like differences and stuff like that, but it was never like a a Mm -hmm. crazy moment. Like it it really was crazy um, on how we linked up and got together. Cause most people will look at us and be like, you're, you're supposed to be rivals. He played at Florida, you played at Tennessee. And I'll never forget, you know, the transitioning of you know, Willie Cologne, Max Starks, Chris Kimoatsu to me and Pounce and like instantly me and Pounce bonded like like none other. And um, it was at one point he was like, um, dude, I appreciate you bringing me under, taking me under your wing and the way we kind of got together and, and became guys. Like, that's my guy, you know? And to this day, it's the exact same way. When he has his wedding, I'm sure it'll be all done up and everything set in stone. He's seen me, my kids be born and... It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of memories, man. That go well. L-
1: Let us save you the backlash from all those other guys watching this and throw oh. in a couple of honorable mentions.
0: Honorable mentions, I I can't. And he needs more, 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 more light thrown on him too. But uh, Marcus Gilbert, my guy. This is the only reason I did this. <laughs> uh, like for uh, Marcus. Like Gil come out of hiding, man. Like you're a stealer for life. I know you went to Arizona, but he really didn't play for, you know? (laughs) So, And I know the way he left wasn't the way he, he wanted to probably the way the organization did, but that dude right there, me Marquise and Gil pretty much started off the the new regime in which we had in that room. And Gil was a huge part of it, the way he held. And he don't get enough credit for that because I talk a lot. Number one, and uh, Marquise is the one you notice all the time, but, Gil was a pivotal part of the growth of that room. And, uh, of course, Dave. And, of course, the the guy holding up his end, Alejandro. But I'd be remiss if I didn't say Beach. Love that dude. We text uh, last week sometime another Chris Hubbard. Love that guy. Uh, Mike Adams, another guy. The one that, that in the era when Marquise was out, Cody Wallace. Like mm. legitimate, like, and I'm speaking of mostly the older guys that kind of saw the room grow and mature into what it was. That band, and I even have some of my family members bring it up. They'd be like, dude, the way y'all were together is like I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen that in any other sport. And like I've always told you, what Mike T would tell us, hey, season's over, don't talk to each other for a month at least because we were just that tight. So Marquise is for sure, Uno. He's number one in that, but. Every single one of them, I think, is on the same platform we're receiving, on the receiving end of it.
1: When you said, Marcus, you said, my guy. That's actually what he he texts you back. So when I text with, with Marcus, which I still do, he writes back two words. Oh my guy! Exclamation my god. point! Like that's the beginning of the text. We, I just we had to throw grew,
0: that in. Oh my god, we grew so uh. much in the times when it was just me and him,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or him and I, however you want to see him and me. Uh, simply because when Marquise was out, you know, rehabbing with injuries and stuff, me and Gil just tight. Man, yeah,
1: he's something. He's something. He's something. <laughs> Moan, let's do another one of these tomorrow.
0: You got me going with the old line talk.
1: God, I know. I know.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, that wasn't me. That was that was Aaron. Aaron did that. <laughs>